0: listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday morning. Now let's turn to our first topic of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we'll be hearing about the opening of a new kindergarten opened by iBell, Integrated Brilliant Education, which is a wonderful charity that aims to educate and also empower students from underprivileged, non-Chinese-speaking communities. And to tell us more, I'm really delighted to be joined by their co-founder and CEO of iBell, Manoj Dar. Manoj, it's great to speak to you today how are you doing
1: absolutely fine maureen so nice of you to call us again and so nice of you to give us the opportunity to speak and share our experiences
0: absolutely well you know this is definitely a topic that's close to my heart you know helping children from non-chinese speaking communities is really i mean they are the the future of, of hong kong well children in general and we are live this morning on Facebook, and I'd love for our listeners to join us there. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Now, before we talk about the kindergarten, perhaps give us a little bit of background um, of some of the work you do at Iball.
1: So, uh, Noreen, uh, you know, like uh, people may or may not be aware, so we've been uh, running IBEL for almost nine years. And basically our proposition always was very simple, that for whatever reasons, uh, the children belonging to uh, the underserved ethnic minority backgrounds who could not afford to go into international schools and who had to rely on the local schooling system, uh, suffered a lot in terms of uh, the environment or the ability and the facility to be able to pick up uh, Chinese language learning which is critical and non-negotiable for their development and their growth through the education system. So our first center was set up nine years back, Wherein our model works very simply that the kids go to school every day, they come to us every day, and we help them with their, uh, not even just the language bit, but also a lot of the subjects are taught in that language. So your math could be in Chinese and your journal studies could be in Chinese. So it's not just one subject which gets uh, hurt or uh, causes anguish to a child, but then three subjects get involved. So uh, so that's what our model has been. And uh, we are very happy that over time, over nine years, we've seen more and more of our children being able to get themselves into final schools. Uh, and this summer we had like four kids who finished their DSC, all four got into universities. So, uh, you know, small, small steps, small victories, and that is what our objective was, to provide them support on a daily basis, uh, frontline solution deliverables and and not just keep talking about the problem, uh, but to actually do something about it.
0: And being part of the solution, which is really uplifting people and and giving that upward social mobility because education is really the key for many of these youths to really change the paths um, and and do something different with their lives education is really the key um congratulations on your kindergarten because i I understand yeah. you also have centers learning centers um in jordan and shamshopo so so how is the kindergarten um a, a bit different from, from the model i mean obviously kindergarten is for for, for younger children how is the model different yeah. then uh, in terms of its teaching so
1: uh, so you know i think uh, Marina uh, partially you've already answered my question before this so basically what we were doing and we figured out over nine years is that whatever we are doing is only dealing with half the problem. It's it's like, you know, there's a wound and you're just trying to put Band-Aid on it. But then to address any social ill or any social challenge, it's important to deal with the root cause. If you keep trying to deal with the symptom or keep trying to firefight, then it's always going to be an uphill battle and that never really uh, leads to long-term solutions. So the long-term solution was that when children come into the kindergarten, rather than segregate them on the basis of ethnicity, or even if they get into a Chinese medieval instructional kindergarten, get them easier Chinese curriculum and all that kind of thing that has been going on for years. Uh, the attitude and approach of, of every teacher should be to remember, first and foremost, it's a school's moral and social responsibility to be inclusive every child who walks into the kindergarten should be treated equally and should be given the equal opportunity to learn so the hong kong government and the edb have always been very clear in terms of early childhood education in terms of providing a trilingual environment so chinese including cantonese and also uh, english language proficiency so that's that's basically what our entire proposition has been And, and that's why we figured that if we start at the kindergarten level uh, nursery and K1, K2, K3, then all the kids will be able to pick up the language without any fear. Once their foundation is alright, then, you know, you, you Maureen, uh, and, and you understand this very well, you want a situation where when a um, so-called ethnic minority child and a Chinese child go into or try to get admission into a primary one school, the school principal and the teacher should actually struggle to pick out which child should I pick purely on the basis of meritocracy, not on the basis of uh, having a quota system, not on the basis of, oh, you know, you are learned, you haven't learned enough Chinese, but we still have to take you because of your ethnicity kind of thing. So that kind of equality must come. And that's what our premise was. So it's taken us three years. And then of course that we had to have a certain body of work to be able to engage and impress enough of the funders and the donors uh, for them to say, okay, all right, we understand what you're trying to do and we are going to back your initiative. So that was the entire premise behind this. So while we applied for the various <clears throat> licenses and everything else, so at the moment, we are starting off uh, with a play group in that premises. And uh, yeah, the opportunities to use this as a community outreach initiative, get the kids in, And just let their parents get that sense of assurance and confidence that, uh, you know what, my child can actually pick up this language because the environment is nurturing, because the environment is not looking at my child's face and saying, because you're this, you can't learn that. So that's that was the entire, you you deal with the uh, root cause and then the kids are set for life.
0: Yeah. What are the existing issues with some of, um, you know, the local kindergartens or some of the primary schools? I mean, what sorts of problems are some of these schools facing when it comes to allocating resources? I mean, is it resources that's an issue, or is it the mindset of educators? You've been in this sort of um, industry long enough. What
1: are some of your observations? I Noreen, uh, I think. Uh that, irrespective of what uh, you know, people have been saying for years, uh, and keep advocating and keep pushing for, uh, it hasn't been the lack of resources. It hasn't been the lack of funding. The audit commission report, March 2021, said it very clearly. The EDB in the SCMP of December 2022 also said it very clearly that we are giving funding, resources, everything, but the execution and the delivery, that those KPIs are not being met with. So. Uh, I think I think the entire thing has been that, and this is what I said, uh, you know, the, the teachers and the schooling institutions, they are temples of learning, they are citadels of learning. They have to take on that, let's not try and find excuses, let's try and find solutions. Let's get the kids and find a way and means of, rather than blame the kid, try and find a way in which... A child coming out of my kindergarten school should be able to get into the best of schools. No school should be able to turn the kid down simply on the basis of ethnicity. So it's, it's just been the attitude and the KPIs issue that were there, and so some kindergartens wouldn't take kids in uh, because uh, of ethnicity reasons, and some would take them in but say we'll give you an easier Chinese curriculum, which is you know disrespectful to the child. It's it's undermining the child's ability and the potential. And, uh, and and yeah, and, and then it's just become a monetizing situation where uh, you get kids of the different ethnicity in and the government provides you more funding support and all that kind of thing. So it took the entire uh, quintessence and you know, the speech, spirituality of being uh, a school or an education institution.
0: Yeah, I think the experience of, of some families that from, from non-Chinese-speaking families is, as you said, it's really the support that comes from the school. It makes yeah. such a huge yeah. difference uh, to whether or not their children and, thrive in that
1: environment. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, the other myth that's been going on for years and years, and people just keep propagating it all, there's not enough emotion happening at all. So I was very, uh, uh, you know, much from my embarrassment, two, three years back, I was speaking to one of our uh, Beneficial children's mums. And uh, so, mom being mum uh, was very, very brutally blunt and honest. And I said, Oh, you know, I keep hearing this thing. Uh, what is your take on it? So she said, uh, You know, Mr. Nar, uh, my daughter goes to, when she was in kindergarten, she was there for four hours. Now she's in primary school, she's there for six, seven hours. How much more immersion is needed for a child if these schooling environment and the teachers actually want to immerse the child? And I had literally no response to that, so, so, so
0: they, they, that's that's uh, you know that's the fact. Yeah, with, with you. By the way, congratulations on your kindergarten. What what are you hoping is the end goal that all the children will be able to speak Cantonese and Chinese fluently, to be able to write, to be able to go into uh, local government schools. I mean, what are some of the objectives, and I mean, what yeah. are some of the parents' expectations?
1: See, the parents' expectations, uh, Maureen. You know, after nine years and even now we have two hundred and eighty kids across different age groups. The parents' objectives are very clear. They understand and they respect that being in Hong Kong where 91.6 percent of the people are Chinese, learning Cantonese is critical and important. They are completely respectful of the time. Our thing is we just want to be able to execute and deliver what the EDB has been saying for years. For non-Chinese children, inclusive learning environment, mastery of Chinese language. Overall, in general, for every Hong Kong, trilingualism, child, child Chinese, including Papua and English. So we want to have a cohort of kids coming out after spending nursery K1, K2, K3 with us, where all children have roughly the same level of English-speaking and Chinese-speaking abilities. Whether they are Chinese, whether they are non-Chinese, should not come into play at all and 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 it's very, very doable. yes, it's it's a lot of hard work, uh, but then you know uh, somebody has to do it, and like we've been doing for the last nine years, we will do it.
0: Yeah. And from my understanding, I mean, it's not just a kindergarten that's catered for ethnic minority uh, or or children from non-Chinese speaking communities. It's for for people from Chinese speaking communities. It really is for everybody. And the schools and and the classes are mixed, um, which is wonderful because there are some um, kindergartens, which I've heard uh, speaking with various groups that they put maybe uh, ethnic minority children in a smaller class and then Chinese Mm -hmm. students. I mean, they 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 admit everybody in the in in the same school but then it, they they break out into smaller classes or what have you, or smaller groups which then ultimately defeats the purpose of integration um because yes. then um children from non-chinese speaking fa- uh, communities will not be able to um, immerse themselves as fully as possible uh, in Chinese
1: Absolutely. this is this is what is not right you know it's it's very it's it's just You know, every time in Ibel, we have a conversation and it just breaks our heart that people actually think that a foreign or a four or a three-year-old kid going into the kindergarten actually already knows that he's a Korean or an Italian or an Indian or an American or a German. They don't. They just want to go to school, make friends, mix around, have fun, learn from each other. But it's us adults who create these segregations and divisions. And and we keep propagating it and we keep pushing it. No, this is specifically for this group. That is specifically for that group. Then how do you expect your society, a society to be cohesive or, you know, uh, uh, work together in unity?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And and also, you know, it's funny because a lot of parents might want to send their kids to international schools or international yeah. kindergartens, which yeah. is precisely what many local kindergartens have, a mixed group of people, yet in, in some of yeah. the perhaps uh, uh, local settings, that sometimes these groups are then um, uh, are put in, in place, which is ironic because people yeah. pay a lot of money for that exactly. international environment. See,
1: this is the, this is the thing, Laurie. You know, you have so much history in Hong Kong. You know, the Hong Kong government from China has made schooling free. The entire concept of free schooling is that socioeconomics have no place. That's right, yes. I, and I have gone to some. Wonderful! Uh, I walk past some wonderful primary one uh, mainstream uh, kindergarten, primary kindergartens, and I see uh, a, a father who's a taxi driver dropping his daughter off, and right behind that is you know a sofa driven Tesla coming in, and a person. But that's the beauty of it all because the government has made it free. So why are not the schools and the educators doing the right thing by the children? Um, And and that is what it should be. And of course, we are we are talking about people who can't afford to pay, you know, international school fees. They belong to very very humble background, but they are bona fide Hong Kong residents. Uh, Kids are born and raised here. A lot of them have been around for at least a couple of generations. So yeah.
0: Exactly. And and education is a basic human right that that should be available for every child and the best learning environment. Well, meanwhile, I'm really excited uh, for you and your team. Uh, What a wonderful initiative. Um, I know the learning centers have been doing great. Uh, As you mentioned, the first cohorts have already passed their DSEs and getting into universities. So um, I wish you the best of luck with your kindergarten. And I look forward to having you back on next time again. Thank you so much, Manoj. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Oh, yes. And remind our listeners once again, have you got a website and social media that we can find out more about IBEL?
1: Yeah, that's ibelhk.org. And uh, yeah, please, please visit and uh, please feel free to come see our uh, learning centers or our kindergarten premises. Most welcome.
0: Thank you so much for your time, Manoj. Talk to you again next time. Bye for now.